So I'm not gonna worry about your level of concern. We talking about Twitter. Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. With the 20th pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Kenny Pickett, quarterback, Pittsburgh. Oh my God! They choo choo choose Kenny. You very stable genius. That's right. We are the very stable geniuses. When uh, it's a, it's a time where everyone is talking still about. Uh, the draft picks, or the schedule, or the jerseys, <laughs> but they're ignoring the 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 real stuff. That's why we're here to say what Jin's talking about. Mm. Only on Behind the Steel Curtain Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Kreis. Here with me is Greg Benevent. Hello. And yeah, you know, it seems like we're we're still focusing as a fan base. We're focusing on the shiny new toys in the toy box, but we're kind of missing some uh, some real f- knowledge is getting dropped uh, mm. this week. And I don't know if we're picking up on all of it. We're, we're looking in the wrong places. Well, we, we we rarely pick up on all of the knowledge. I've learned that in <laughs> social media readers. Well, certainly, yeah. If you're if you're only reading Steelers Twitter, uh, you're only getting part of the conversation. That's <laughs> why we're here to bring you the full conversation mm-hmm. um yeah let's uh well shoot let's just uh let's let's start it's uh it's it, we're talking qbs it's Q, it's qb talk in fact let's uh, let's play the music qb 22 where are actually you? let's cut the music i don't know uh, i don't know <laughs> This isn't a mystery. This isn't okay. a mystery. This is uh we're we're dealing in facts now. Let's get <laughs> to the tweets. Let's start with at Steeler Nation. Is Steeler Nation. The Steelers told Mitchell Trubisky that they planned to select Kenny Pickett if he was on the board for them. Uh, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN had this story. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we're we're focused on the QB1 battle mm-hmm. and who has the upper hand. And, and uh, you know, was Mitch Trubisky Nick Foles or was he uh, Jake Clement? Who was? Well, I forget. That was last week's show. Okay. Yeah, I, I already forgot the names, thankfully. It, um, but, yes, I, I, I do think this. I, there had been some rumbling that came even across my transom, the idea about like, ah, did the Steelers lure Mitch here under false pretenses? One, uh, $5 million is no matter of false pretenses. And moreover, it, I, I, I mean, that's very nice that the Steelers told Mitch, hey, we might draft this guy if he's there. But also, and I'm not encouraging ever any athlete to read social media, uh, you kind of had to think the Steelers might draft a quarterback at some point. I, I, I imagine Mitch has Twitter, even if hopefully he doesn't engage with it. I mean, anyone with a, with half of an agent would have told your client, right. hey, these guys are probably going to draft a QB. Mm. Maybe it could be round one even. Right. If ESPN was on in like the background of a gym Mitch was in, like there was no way for him to avoid this information. But now we know that uh, Mitch was privy to the picket plans. Mm. That tells me, that just reinforces what we've heard from Colbert and Tomlin that Pickett was our QB1 on our draft board going into this. We got the guy we wanted. We told our QB, hey, this might be the guy we wanted. Yeah. So coming into camp is we're, we're in a uh, best case scenario position as far as uh, 
the QB room goes. Yes. I mean, it it, it, it sort of gets back to something. I, I forget if we said this right after they picked Pickett or the idea that they might draft a quarterback is that, you know, they love their guy. They love yeah. Pickett. They, I think they also very much like Mitch, and they're going to let the two of them fight it out. And I know everyone else is, oh, Pickett has this low ceiling as if he's like four feet tall, like as he has no chance whatsoever. He's, he's, he's You know, his talent is as tiny as his hands allegedly are. And yet <laughs> they, they love this guy, and they believe this is going to work out, so they do deserve the benefit of the doubt to give this a shot. I just love how the front office and the coaching staff is, has been handling this. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And, you know, we're going to go into camp with – uh, there's not going to be any conflict. There's not going to be any, you know, hurt feelings. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, there'll be. There won't be conflict. There will be competition. Yeah, which is what there kind of has to be. Again, you know, it, 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 I mean, obviously, the people are mad. The people are always going to be mad. But imagine what they've been if it was like we're anointing Mitch Trubisky. We're stating right now in May, Mitch is going to start this season. Here we go, Mitch. Here we go. Well, I felt there was a February coronation. You know, <laughs> I felt it was like Palm Palm Sunday. You know, we laid the right. palms down as Mitch came in on the burrow. And right. then, you know, all of a sudden it's uh, Easter. You know, it's Easter. Right, right, right. So. He, he was ready to start the season on President's Day. We were going to put yeah. him out there on Monday night. Um, let's not forget about the third wheel in the QB mm-hmm. battle. Mm-hmm. This is, we'll go back to at Steel Nation. Okay. Things have gotten consistently worse for Mason Rudolph as the offseason has unfolded for the Steelers. The meme going around this okay. week, I don't know if you saw it. I did not see the meme, thankfully. It's uh, Mason Rudolph in uniform on the field, and someone had photoshopped a luggage, a suitcase, into his hand. Oh. And it was like, uh, pack your bags, you know? Wow. Okay. So that, but, and, uh, you know, I'm on record uh, as saying, I want Mace in the QB room as the QB three. I don't want to, you know, is there draft capital available for Mason? I don't care. I want him in there because I don't want to have a situation where uh, all of a sudden we have Odokun is uh, getting a helmet. Every right. Week. I was going to try to correct you and say a lot of Kuhn, but I don't know. That's how you say it either. So like we could just keep saying out a lot of Kuhn and, and I just keep getting it wronger and wronger. Um, here's the thing. I agree with you on that. Absolutely. I mean, if, if there's any fan base that should understand the importance of the third quarterback, it's this one. However, the only thing that I could see coming around for that is if this, if, if Chris, the second seventh round pick just is absolutely great. Like if he comes out and looks amazing, amazing then yeah you can roll with him as the third quarterback because then I I think and again I'm by no means the the cap guy I still use my calculator to do tip even when it's 20 (laughs) percent but that you wouldn't you potentially save the three million for Mason that you could spend on some kind of depth guy you know a Melvin Ingram that actually wouldn't mind playing with others on the team or that kind of thing like you know there are uh, there are people in you know uh, counting their wallets. Is that counting their wallets? I don't know what that means. But yeah, well, there's probably multiple wallets. In Ma- yeah, Nation. multiple wallets in Steeler Nation, and mm-hmm. there are people who are like, yeah, we could save a lot of money by cutting Mason. I look at it as, hey, our whole QB room is less than one starting quarterback elsewhere in the yes, league. So that's exactly right. I don't need to save three million. Uh, it's a nice little insurance to have there, uh, you know. But then again, if if uh, if someone could say, hey, we'll give you a fifth rounder for Mason Rudolph come August. Right. Um, you know. Somebody gets hurt. There's yeah. a thing. And moreover, too. That, and also any of this idea about like, ah, oh, let's get rid of Mudo for, uh, Rudolph or cut uh, Rudolph. Not today. No. Not until at least uh, 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 August. Not until the kids are back in school. <laughs> not until uh, the not, leaves are turning. 
<laughs> not, not until that third preseason game. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around the Carolina Panthers. I haven't even looked at the schedule. I'm sure they're playing the Panthers in the fourth game. Somewhere around there. All right. Enough QB talk because, mm-hmm. you know, there's it's it's there's no QB news. It's it's uh, we're, the, right. convers- the conversation right. is self is self perpetuating. Can, Kenny Pickett smiles at one place or another. That's the QB news we have right now. Yeah. I mean, right. I, we could talk about Kenny Pickett going out to dinner with Jersey Jerry, but I don't okay. even. Yeah. Nah, I, I, that's I didn't not, know who that was. Was. Barstool. That's oh, okay. not my. You know, yeah. not, he's like I'm the biggest Steeler fan. It's like get out of here. You're not you're, even. You're five five. Your, your name even, is your name is Jersey before the, the okay. before Jerry. It's like Doctor Danny. No, but how are you the biggest Steeler fan if you're from you're from Jersey? Jersey. Anyway, exactly. Anyway, All right. Anyway. Anyway. Let's get to some real important yes. news. The jerseys, oh, the real jerseys. What matters? The, the okay. jersey numbers are uh-huh. here, mm-hmm. uh, and Steeler Nation can't even be happy about the jerseys (laughs) let's start with at o'connor seven this is pepe sylvia Mm -hmm. you really wouldn't let pickens have number one because of gary anderson (laughs) shake my dh what's da i don't know shake my dumb head head. oh damn head okay um You know, people are saying that Gary Anderson doesn't deserve. Is this why we're not giving Pickens one because of Gary Anderson? I, I I hadn't heard that. I mean, obviously, the Steelers, while they are very reticent to retire numbers, they do have numbers that they simply won't give out. And I had not heard that Gary Anderson was one of those numbers, especially when you consider like 88 and 82 are yeah. still very much in circulation. 92. Right. So I, I hadn't, you know, uh, yeah. So I didn't know that if that's the case, I think that's hilarious. I mean, it's, I think I saw that exact Twitter thread, and it was fun watching like old people try to talk to like kids. Like, no, Gary Anderson really was good, but I don't know if he was like you can't ever have number one out there. Good is he? I you know I this might this is for the stats geek. This is for uh, you know Scobro or mm. Jeffrey Benedict, uh, one of the numbers guys. Does Gary Anderson have? the most game wins behind Big Ben Roethlisberger for the Steelers. I mean it's entirely possible. I mean I didn't it didn't I didn't think of it until now, but is Gary Anderson the best Steelers kicker? I mean it's it's I mean I certainly you know I I was gonna think like well I trusted him, but then I thought like ah and I was nine. So like it so I mean that 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 I really wasn't like the stats backing that up. It's just like oh he kicks the field goal and it goes in and my dad's happy. I can live with this. He was like, a, he was a team MVP one year. Oh I believe he, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, you know he was he's won games in the playoffs. I don't know. I'd like to if I if I had to uh, if I had to do some research, I would be curious to see how many games we can we can. Uh, a credit to Gary Anderson for winning. You well, know? I guess the other part of it too. Are we a hundred percent sure that uh, uh, Mr. Pickens actually wanted number one? Uh, that apparently that was his number. Yeah, that was his number. But that doesn't mean you want that in the show. Maybe, and maybe the team, maybe Steelers don't want to give the one out because. You know, it is. It always looks weird to me, man. And you always give it out. For, it's always the draft day uh, tradition to give yeah. out that one jersey. Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't want to give out the have one. I, have you ever seen a one other than Anderson? I, I haven't. I mean, that, I, and I don't know if that necessarily speaks to like, hey, we don't give it out versus like, uh, nobody wears number one. Well, some people weren't just mad that it wasn't number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to at Tommy Jaggy. Wide receivers to wear number 14 for the Steelers since the merger. Lima Swede, Derek Moyer, Sammy Coates, Ray Ray McLeod. Let's hope George Pickens has some better luck. Uh, is this is 14 the curse? Is it the cursed jersey? I mean, I, it, it wasn't until I read this, like, uh, you re- read out the entire tweet. And while I don't remember Derek Moy very clearly, that does at least seem like an upward projection. 
Like Coates <laughs> is better than Swede. And and Ray Ray, hey, you yeah. know, I had my issues with Ray Ray, but that catch he made uh fourth down against the Ravens, that's a real moment in Steeler history. He doesn't catch that. You know, Ben's career ends in a very different way. So I think it's certainly on the upswing. I mean, I I you know, I'm such a nerd, I couldn't help but think of the original Starship Troopers novel where they give out uh, uh you know a call sign of some big robot to somebody that, you know, after everyone else in it had died. Anyway, <laughs> I do think that uh uh Certainly, I feel like considering Coach, I mean, Coach wasn't the smallest guy, but like Ray Ray and all that, like George is like two Ray Ray stacked on top of each other. Like he could have gone with number 28. So, I mean, it's, I think this is easily the most physically gifted dude to wear the number. Okay. 14. Uh, so, you know, go out, don't go out and buy your 14s just yet. Well, also what... too, don't they sometimes switch these at the end of camp? Like, I'm not saying okay. the second round pick's going to do that, but you've seen that before where some guys switch it then. So he very well could be something different by then, too. All right. OK, don't buy your 14 yet. Oh. And, uh, and or just hang on to your live <laughs> sweet jersey for now. Oh, I've never <laughs> seen a Swede. But uh, if you had it, you know, uh, that's ballsy. All right. <laughs> Let's move on second to second round pick, draft wide receiver. Anyway. That's true. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, how about at D Main Event 95? This is Aubrey Graham Cracker. Damn, y'all gave Juju's number away, quick AF. Um, and hey, while we're talking Austin the third, mm-hmm. we'll go to our own Jay Hartman underscore pit. Jeff Hartman, no Austin 316. <laughs> Which would have been nice because he's that Austin the third. I, I I didn't put that together until I saw you printed it out. So nineteen. I mean, yeah, Juju was the heart of the organization for a while. But uh, if we're if we're giving away eighty two and eighty eight, we're giving we're, away we're 19. definitely giving away nineteen. Especially because like, you know, this whole thing with the you and you can even see this at Lima Sweden and all that. This whole thing with like the receivers go into the numbers in the teens. That is kind of like a younger man's thing. So I can totally see Austin wanting to jump into that and being like, all right, I'll take. Take that mantle. It certainly makes more sense than like Kendrick Green getting yeah. Pouncey's number last yeah. year. Um all right. Well, uh hey, one more more one more Jersey mm-hmm. beef mm-hmm. at Italian Chungus. Mike Stanton is elite. I, all right, some of these handles. Yeah. Uh don't really like seeing anyone else in eighty three, can't lie. Hayward got eighty three this year. I mean, I saw that and I I had my head, you know, askew, but then I remembered that, oh, I'm old. It's been a few years since Heath played, and Heath was great, and Heath's, you know, absolutely, you know, a Hall of Honor player. I mean, it's, it's you know, whenever they do that thing about the analogy of, like, it's, you know, the, the oh, it's not the Hall of Fame, there's the Hall of Very Good. Heath would be like a charter member of the Hall of Very Good. And oh, it, I almost forgot about Heath. I thought they had given him Kobe Hamilton's number. <laughs> Oh no, that's not why people are upset. I, I think they. Just, I mean, it's, see, this is one where that, that eighty three could be on the downward slide, like the opposite of fourteen. So that's why Hayward's got to turn this around. I, although it's interesting, Kobe Hamilton, it's like they're giving out eighty three. Like, is this guy a tight end? Is he a receiver? <laughs> We're not sure where he goes. He gets this number. Maybe that's what it is. I see it as the Steelers. I think this was very purposeful. I think the Steelers are challenging him. I think they're saying, hey, because if anyone knows. Uh, out of that rookie class, mm. the the Steeler legacy, it's going to be Hayward just by osmosis. The locker room since he yeah. Was a kid. yeah. So I think that they might be saying, "Hey, this number is important mm. to the position." And you know, do you want to? I think they're challenging him because uh, you look, 
I'm against the grain on Steeler Nation when it comes to this. I don't think he's a lost or, or a lost or rock. I don't think he's mm. a, a roster lock. Um, <laughs> no sixth round pick ever is. Even one that you say, oh, you can use him everywhere. Well, yeah, that's why they drafted a bunch of these guys. What was the guy, Sutton Smith and all that? Wasn't he in yeah. the sixth round? Too? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. He was one of those, oh, don't he, you know, we cried when uh, someone off picked him picked him off off the squad, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think this might be a challenge. You know, I think they're setting him up. Because uh, the road is uphill for uh, for young Connor, I think. Yes, and I think for anyone, it's a sixth round pick. Yeah, and so I think they're saying, look, the, you know, there is a legacy here with this number, and we don't just give this number to anyone other than Kobe Hamilton. Right. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I see also it as a had challenge. an uphill battle to the roster, so it made sense. <laughs> and he made some catches. He yes, he did. Catches. Oh yeah, no, no, no. There were times when he was Ben's best option in playoff games. Yeah. Yes. Uh, last mm-hmm. thing on, and this isn't even on the rookie jerseys. Just mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. this is at RNBWCV Renee Bugner, the NFLPA top fifty player sales uh, official from the past year. This is March first, two thousand twenty-one to February twenty-eighth, twenty twenty-two. We've got TJ twelfth, mm. highest defensive player in the NFL. Okay, Najee twenty-second. Uh, okay, yeah. and Ben is still number forty-five wow. on the jersey list. Wow. Uh, you know, interesting. You know, no Hayward on the jersey list. Uh, not po- You don't even see him in Heinz Field. You don't see 97 jerseys. That's true. I mean, I, it, it's interesting. I mean, that was the very first Steelers jersey I ever bought for Kendrell. Okay. But, but Kendrell Bell. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's, I mean, I, again, I'm remembering the story about Deshae Townsend on the radio frantically explaining, like, you know, he's like, why did I pick this number? I should have picked something else. They, they're not going to have my jersey. They have Rod Woodson. And, um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, isn't so much of this dominated by either A, players that, like, won the Super Bowl, B, draft picks, or most likely – guys that you know that switch teams isn't oh. that usually what these are like you know some of the some of them are the case like tom brady is number one he obviously yeah. switched teams so everyone who had their new england is going to want their right Bucks but jersey. also you could but like i don't think people have finished buying 12 like weird pewter jerseys or whatever that color is it's yeah. like a orange 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 <laughs> like i don't know what you call that thing yeah uh, all right, let, let's move on because it's a very important day today. Okay. Um, if you're depending on when you're listening to this, in just a matter of minutes, it, we're gonna get the schedule. Oh my god! Hey. It's schedule day. It's uh, schedule day. Uh, uh, people are talking about the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with at Cam Hayward. Are we ever gonna start the season at home? Is that a, is it a big deal to not have week one at home? I kind of look at it as the Steelers are. A ratings team, which so is true. Having the Steelers and, 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 and not just TV audience, but also in ticket sales. So having the Steelers open away on Week One not only guarantees you maybe a sellout in wherever they're playing, also mm-hmm. uh, some good TV ratings. Certainly, but I, and I also very much understand Cam's tweet, though. I mean, how long has it been since they opened the season at home? Twenty fourteen. Can I, you believe that? Was that the one where AB kicked the 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 guy for the Browns? Wow. I want to say that was right, but I could be wrong. Either that or it was or was it the Tennessee game where they got beat real bad and Pouncey got hurt for the season? It was no, that was that was another game. Anyway, regardless, it's been a while. So I totally see if you're someone that again plays for the team and lives in Pittsburgh, I could absolutely see why you'd want to start the season at home. Would you rather have week 1 at home or week 18 at home? Ah. Uh... 
I, I do feel like each week, each year when they have, well, no, this past year they had week one on the road and week 18 on the oh, road. Yeah, so, right. yeah, so it's, so they're sort of getting the worst all worlds there. It, um, I don't know. I, I, I could just see, I mean, I told, I, for me as a fan, not living in the city, that's, I, I, um, okay, either way, but I see Cam's point. I would want to start at home too. All right. Um, Let's go to at Jerry Dulac. We'll, and we'll get into Jerry Dulac. <laughs> uh, if the Steelers don't play the Raiders at Heinz Field on December 23rd, the exact 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, I've highly gro- overestimated. I've grossly overestimated the NFL marketing people. Um, I, when, when I saw this tweet, I thought, oh, yeah, this is the game I'm going to go see. Mm-hmm. And then I looked on my calendar. December 23rd is a Friday. They're not going to play a football game at Heinz Field on a Friday. Uh no, I mean it's it's they might on that Saturday cuz the college season will be end over okay. by then cuz they do that. But yeah, it um I mean Jerry is right, something we may not be saying all that long uh, about <laughs> this particular point. Like they should have that game, you know, the Steelers and Raiders as close to that day as possible for the 50th anniversary of that. That makes all the sense in the world versus like it's in October. It'll be a big game. Sure. But it's not the same if it's around Thanksgiving. Is it is the Immaculate Reception only important to Steelers fans, though? Like, does the NFL care about the play outside? Like, is it enough to honor a, a game for the anniversary of a play. Like, are they, we going to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Tuck rule? I was going to say the Music City Miracle, <laughs> oh. but yours is a better reference. Here's the thing. I think so much of the mythos around the Immaculate Reception comes from a time when there was one game on per week. And I think that's the, when when we talk about it as the most famous play and the one that you see everywhere, so much of it is kind of built off of that legacy and i think that's why there is a certain person above a certain age that you know you could be a fan of the chiefs or something and you remember the immaculate reception very clearly yeah so and i think that's a big part of where this kind of comes from like the kids seeing it on youtube it's not exactly the same thing yeah yeah um all right one last thing on the schedule mm-hmm. at the pony express andrew filipponi mm-hmm The schedule release is huge for Kenny Pickett. If the Steelers open the season with a tough slate of games, Cincinnati, Tampa Bay, New England, Buffalo, I would favor Trubisky starting. If it's easy, Jets, Atlanta, Cleveland, I start Pickett from day one. Uh, I mean, I this seems ridiculous, or is it actually mad genius? Well, it's it 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 it, it makes sense as a fan, and then you start to think about it, you realize it's one of those things that absolutely Tomlin can't think that way. Yes. I mean, because it's 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 the ultimate. You know, I mean, what 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 is what is this if not the very definition of living in your fears? Yes, exactly. I mean, can you even? I mean, I, that's like micro. That's like. Beyond Moneyball, micro, you know, trying to determine matchups. Oh, I, I, it makes me think of, I mean, the last time I played fantasy football, it was literally in the 90s. The Steelers were playing the Bears. The Bears were very bad. And I remember thinking like, ah, I should rest my Steelers players. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. And it's, it goes by the same idea. Uh, let's okay, well, let's let's try to get these in before the break. We got sure. some uh, we got some front office BS to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with... At Blitzburg, um, Kevin Colbert says Stephon Tuart is still recovering from that knee injury. Uh, this was on the interview with Mark Madden, and he did ask him about Tuart. And you know, we've reported already that for, you know from 
uh, trustworthy sources like Steeler Nation West Facebook page <laughs> that Stefan Tuit mentally is ready to come back and, 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 and it sounds like it might just be, I thought it would, might be a weight issue, hmm. but according to uh, Kevin Colbert with the Mark Madden interview, he's still recovering from that knee injury. Does that I mean? Does it does that make sense? Is, is, yes, that, I mean that makes sense in a way that if that's the absolute truth, then that is the piece that makes everything else come together. Is that it was he is going through this terrible time and this horrific tragedy, and also had a really bad knee injury, which was way worse than anyone uh, uh, was led to believe. So all the all the conversation about you know is is the conversation seems to be about is he mentally and psychologically fit for the game mm-hmm. which i don't think that is a question at all despite no. you know the tragedy but it is going to be the knee the physical you know is he going to come into camp like a casey hampton or is he going to come into camp like you know do it to it well or even just is he going to have to deal with some of the physical concerns that like say a devin bush did you know, because it almost seems like it's that same caliber of injury. And Zach Banner, they've all seemed to have not the exact same injuries, but they're mm-hmm. dealing with a similar injury that's harder to recover from than um, maybe the expectations. Maybe. I, I, I think that's a very good way of putting it. Um, uh, let's keep this going with Kevin Colbert because we got <whistles> at Ramon Foster. Kev's last interview before he shuts it down. Now, this, compared to the Mark Madden interview, we talked before off, off mic. Mark Madden's interview was like... Uh, robot, you know, it's like if Rosie the Robot interviewed <laughs> Kevin Colbert, and then Ramon Foster had his interview with Colbert, and it was night and day. It was lovely. Uh, you know, personal. Uh, you know, some of these people are out there like, oh, you can't be a fan of the team you cover. But then I look at an interview like Ramon Foster with Kevin Colbert, and sure, they're not just they're friends. They're not just fans. Right, they have a genuine they're relationship. Friends, yeah. but this is the type type of coverage that gives us fans more insight into the team than uh than Mark Madden's 25 minute uh you know rip and paste interview or whatever and uh you know we both agreed what really touched me about Ramon's Mm -hmm. interview with Kev is because he asked him what was your low point I think Mm -hmm. and he mentioned Super Bowl uh 45 Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, that's the Super Bowl we lost. Of course, we're of course it's a low point. But, but. his reason was he specifically mentioned Flozell Adams, mm-hmm. uh, tackle who we brought in as a free agent right. from the Cowboys, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was he knew it was going to be Flozell's last game, and he wanted to get him a ring. A guy who only invested in the team a very short time. Oh, he came in in like October or November or something. I mean, it, yeah, he was a great on his last legs. But Colbert had these personal relationships with every player, you know? So it's like these fans out there who are just want to criticize like like the like Colbert or Tomlin or Rooney or just kind of like willy-dilly with these decisions and stuff and and no, they're not only not only did did uh, Kevin Colbert st- remember details like Flozo Adams and Super Bowl Forty Five? He still remembered when Ramon Foster, what his draft grade was right. coming out of college, a, thir- right. a third to five round draft pick. He mm-hmm. remembered that he had a bad pro workout day still, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he, you know, he still remembered these all these details. And Ramon Foster hasn't played with the team in fifteen years. <laughs> Not quite well, that long. Ha- I mean, I'm minute. sorry, hadn't been hadn't been. Uh, so, uh, you know. Yeah, it's been, a, but it's been yeah. a minute even since Ramon played, and Ramon is is truly transitioned to this journalism aspect of it so well but yes that that really that really was a great interview that was genuinely worth your time and i'm not sure i've ever said that before on this podcast <laughs> these people are human beings first mm-hmm. before they're uh billion millionaire coaches or billionaire owners or whatever mm-hmm. you know these are people first 
Uh, and and you should always think that when you're on social media, the other person is also a person. Yeah. Some of you aren't people (laughs) out there. Some of you are animals. Uh, All right. We got to take a break. We got it. We'll come back uh, the second half because we got to break down the Sapruder film of Steelers offseason. I'm talking about Coach Tomlin at the Pittsburgh Penguins playoff game. Let's go. We also got to talk about some. uh, We got Dr. Good Guy. Cam Hayward has had a big week. So lots to talk about. Uh, Enjoy our sponsors. Uh, including Peach and Shopping Village from Dunbar, PA. Uh, if you were, if you ever ate there, then you'll know that it was an experience. Wow. Okay, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back. It's the second half of what Jin's talking about. Time to come from behind. Uh, You know, much of Steeler Nation has been relatively quiet on Mm. social media because uh, it is Penguin playoff time. Let's go, Pans. By the time you're you're listening to this... uh, well, actually, you know what? I'm not going to make any predictions. Yeah, yeah. That, I was thinking, how can we avoid this, too? I am wearing a penguin shirt as well as the penguin socks that have helped them so much through round one. Obviously, the whole game has been determined by my footwear. I, I, I No arguments here. Um, one thing it may, could it also have been determined, the turning point of the series mm-hmm. might have been Mike Tomlin arriving <laughs> at game three in PPG yes. Arena. yes. Uh, and I and I've broken down the Sapruder film of all the angles and shots. Let's get to the tweets. Okay. Let's start with at Taylor Haas, PGH, mm-hmm. Taylor Haas. Mike Tomlin is here and the crowd goes wild for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. They put him up on the on the uh on the Tron there. Um yes. didn't recognize who like who didn't recognize who he was sitting with. Um, no. not exactly sure. Well, we you know, uh, luckily Twitter was on the case. At C-Town underscore AZ. This is James West. Mm. Is that Brown's defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, sitting with Tomlin? Hmm. Uh, No confirmation, but I can tell you at least three or four tweeters Uh said the same thing. And, 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 uh, and, Look, I went deep. I went. I went okay. on to. Uh, I went to Joe Woods's account himself. Okay. And did he have an alibi? Was he anywhere else? Okay. No. No. So that tells me that this could have been. Uh, this might have been Joe Woods sitting there next to him. It's entirely possible. I mean, how often don't you see Steelers go, went to go see the Cavs, particularly when LeBron was there. That would almost like they would do that all the time. Like oh, yeah. Cam and, and Hayden, obviously, who played there. But, yeah, a bunch of them would end up seeing uh, 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 LeBron and them. Yeah, no, I mean, it's that was such a big deal. My mom and aunt, both at that Penguin game, sitting next to each other, texted me individually that Tomlin was there and the crowd went nuts. That's crazy. This guy is transcending this this t- this city. Mm-hmm. Um, let's. I mean, that look look. 
sure, Tomlin can be friends with people uh, within the division. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you saw Matt Canada hanging out with, um, uh, I don't know, a Harbaugh, <laughs> Steeler Nation would go crazy, right? It would be it right. would be a meltdown. Maybe, maybe not a meltdown. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Well, I mean, I think I think what that would, what that would serve for is another reason to criticize Canada. Like there is this idea that the offensive coordinator should just be like locked in their room even now in May, like trying to figure out more players or something like that, versus taking in any kind of entertainment or having any kind of life. I'm sure if Joe Woods and Tomlin were having a conversation, do you think the topic of uh, Deshaun Watson came up at all? <laughs> Sean like, Watson is certainly it might have been one of many things but then again I always remember some Tomlin quote from many years ago when it was I want to say it was when he was playing uh, uh, the Ravens or maybe it was the Jets and they asked him like what do you talk about with coach before the thing he says I, I ask about their kids yeah we don't uh, talk about strategy we don't talk about the game like and he very much mocked the idea he says I ask how are your kids they ask how my kids are doing like that you know that's the why conversations I, you would have with competitors in your industry that's like, why I wouldn't have been able to sit there with them because I wouldn't have been I would have figured out the icebreaker I would have just been like uh mm, so uh Mm, uh, ooh, how, how about Amos Airway? How was it? You know, how about that? You know, I was I was debating bringing this up. I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you, but once I actually did sit directly behind Tomlin at a Penguin game. It was against the Bruins. This was many many years ago. It was actually during the bye week in Super Bowl Forty Three. I took a picture of the back of Tomlin's head, and that was my lock screen on my phone for like a couple of years. But it, anyway, I ran into the same problem you did very quickly. I had no idea what to say to him. Of course, in the way out, we wished him luck, and he said thank yeah. you and all that. But he turned around. You know, at the time, some of you may remember. Uh, Boston Bruins captain was the great Daniel Chara, a seven foot hockey player. And God, I, f- I forget how I mentioned this, but I came off like such a jerk. He asked, "Is that?" He turned to me and my aunt, and he asked, "Is that is, is that uh, Zdeno Chara, the seven foot hockey player?" And I said something like, "Well, there's only one seven foot hockey player." <laughs> like I couldn't have looked like more of a jerk than this. I felt so bad. Like he went and turned away. Like I was like, "Oh man!" Oh, like, you outsnarked him. Well, I didn't mean to. Like I, but there's one seven foot hockey player on skates. He looks about twelve feet tall. We're sitting in the front row. This man looks like a kaiju. Anyway, so, yeah, so that's why I, I was reticent to bring that up on this whole thing. But, yeah, so it's what I'm saying is it's not easy to come up with something to say to Tomlin at a Penguin game. <laughs> well, you know, never meet your heroes. Right? <laughs> All right, I might need your uh, detective skills for this one. Let's go to... Mm-hmm. At C. Adamansky Trib, Chris Adamansky from the Trib Review, who had a lot of my source <laughs> reporting on this. I thank you, Chris. Uh, he's got, Mike Tomlin is holding a Bud Light with a good view of the end of period scrum. Now, first off, that was a Labatt, uh, Labatt light. Okay, okay, that's what I wondered about. I was, yeah. Now, tell me what two rows behind Tomlin is a guy in a number 20 perfection jersey. Do you know what that uh, is, represents? They're. I don't know if it was the Penguins necessarily, but there was a perfection line for one of the great teams. But it's also, remember, you can get any dumb thing you want on a hockey <laughs> jersey. I had an old NHL all-star jersey from the 90s. I put my own name and uh, Benevent 44 on, and I, I still wear it. I, I wore it once in the seventh grade, and I got bagged on so much, I didn't wear it again until I turned 30. But, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I'll wear it ironically around now sometimes. But, it, um, but yeah, I mean, if there was a perfection line, I wanted to say that was Detroit. But, um, oh. but it also might just be... Some dude thought that would be cool on a jersey. I mean, the okay. 20 for the Penguins has been Colby Armstrong. It was Luke Robitaille during that brief time he was in Pittsburgh. Talkit was it? Talkit was 22. Oh, okay. it, um, But yeah, so there's so it could be a whole bunch of different guys. All 20. right, let's uh, well let's keep the fashion talk going. Oops, wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> At Mike Asty 11, Mike J Asty. 
Uh, he paired it with a plaid newsboy-style cap that stood out amongst the Penguins fans in attendance. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been flip-flopping on this all week. Okay. Is that newsboy, Is it, does he rock it well? Is that a good style hat? I will say that's the same hat he was wearing when I saw okay. him, you know, how many years ago before the run up to Super Bowl 43. I think he just really likes that hat. I do think, you know, it stands out among the other Penguins fans because, frankly, you know, I don't like wearing hats. But if I'm going to wear a hat to a hockey game, I'm going to wear something that matches the jersey and the team I'm wearing. So, I mean, it's interesting. It stood out because it wasn't specifically a Penguins hat i thought it looked nice i you know uh, okay all right because um at avar 14 abe's dad said that mike tomlin is the only person in history that hasn't killed a person <laughs> to pull off that old timey hat that that does like a very jack the ripper i don't know i'm getting that kind of vibe well jack like, the ripper and also like uh, uh uh sean connery and the untouchables yeah like you know yeah. he brings a knife you bring a gun that i think that says <laughs> on the inside brim of that hat it, um, but yeah, it, 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 I mean, it's, it's, it, it is a hat that, that, you know, most of the people that wore it did so before prohibition. <laughs> yes. Um, let's keep the, uh, let's keep the wardrobe talk going mm -hmm. at J Brad 29. This is Jason Bradburn. Mm -hmm. Can someone get Tomlin an updated Penn's Jersey with the right colors? Dude is worth millions, black and yellow. He rocked a 2009 era. Yes, Sid Crosby. Now that, that was the last cup era, right? Well, no, no, no. It was it was Sid's first cup, and I can oh. also conclusively say that's the same jersey he was wearing when I saw him. So I kind of wonder if this is like the lucky jersey. Like this is the jersey he was there when they won the 09 cup. Maybe it's the one because they were still wearing that road jersey when they won in 2016. So yeah, so it very much could have been this is Tomlin's lucky jersey. Or just the fact that grown men don't need more than one Sidney Crosby jersey. Right. I mean, that's certainly, certainly, I mean, that that's an opinion you can take too. I strongly disagree. I, I do. Have, I have two. I, have I know. <laughs> I, I do as well. I'm actually wearing a jersey T-shirt as we record this of the the one they don't even wear anymore because it's what Sid was wearing when he got the concussion, a 2011 Heinz Field one. I have the see. I have the 2009 that Tomlin rocks, and uh -huh. I also have the. Um, like the the '90s era in a city. Yeah, yeah, the one, which you know the ones they wear now. That's since true. They went yeah. back to it. Yeah, yes. yeah. It, uh, okay, all right. Um, let's uh, now let's 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 break down some of the behavior now. Okay, we'll go to at Benstonium. Benstonium. <laughs> when the pens go up four to one, and it's a gif of Tomlin taking uh, is it a chug or a sip of the Labatt's Blue Light Tall Can. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, people were calling it an instant gif. Uh, but mm -hmm. not but not everyone was loving it. One one person out there at Dino Tomlin, the prince, that sip is junior varsity. He's not a uh, you know, he's not when it comes on on the scale of chugging from Mitch Trubisky to Aaron Rodgers mm -hmm. to Coach T is more of a Aaron Rodgers than a chugger Mitch T, you know? I mean I have say I have seen just about every game that Mike Tomlin has coached that does not give me any insight to his alcohol tolerance. <laughs> so it's entirely possible that Tomlin's a guy, despite being hey, a man that like so many of us doesn't necessarily have six pack abs, but maybe he's also somebody that hasn't can't drink real fast or does so and maybe doesn't like that feeling. I mean, it's I and look, I ain't drinking any alcohol during a Penguins playoff game. I am way too nervous for any of that. So, no. Or I don't want to even, I don't want to get up and then wait in line. Oh, to, yeah. To miss the action. Right. Because exactly. That's what Tom Coach Tomlin, the most powerful man in Pittsburgh, maybe in the NFL and at C. Adamansky Trib, Chris Adamansky. Mike Tomlin didn't come back to his seat for the start of the third period. <laughs> Good job, Pens. You let him down, Mike T. He had to, he was in the beer line. He yep. came back and he came back 
uh, by himself. Does wow. he not? Is he? Does is Coach Tomlin not have a lot of friends? Well, I mean, uh, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe he's like me, and he gets too nervous for these games. I somehow doubt that's the case. I don't know. I mean, it's it's what, if, but. I mean, having been to a few Penguin games in my life, certainly, uh, you don't all go in line. Like, someone sits there. I mean, it, it's, you know. Yeah, like, it, I'm going to go get a beer. Like, do you, yeah. usually it's like, I'm gonna, you want one? I'm going to go get a beer. Yeah, and maybe the person with you doesn't want one because it's literally the lowest moment in that stadium in a long time when they're going to get that beer. Remember, they've blown a three-goal lead. <laughs> and it's, you know, and it's hard to breathe if you're watching the thing. Like, But I'm Mike Tomlin, the most important man in the, in the 412, and I'm going to go to the beer line by myself in front of these savage fans? I would be almost too disgusted. I'd be like, I'm going to the beer line. I'm not looking at any of this. Like, it's I'm getting this beer. I'm not. I'm not making eye contact. But again, this is why one of the many, many reasons, perhaps one of the more minor ones, that we're glad that Mike Tomlin is Mike Tomlin and not me. Um, and then you know, the big victory moment when the Pens put it away. Yeah. And Danton Heinen. And uh, what was Tomlin doing? Once again at C. Adamansky Trib. Because I'm sick, I immediately, after that Penguin goal, looked down at Tomlin to see how he celebrated. No towel twirl, no arms raised, but stood up, gave some fist bumps to those around him. The towel stayed draped over his shoulder. Mm, that's um, not easy to do when you stand up, particularly if you do it quick. The whole game, it was just laid there. on. It was like a, uh, it was like a sash almost. Mm. It was like uh, regalia. Oh, nice. So is, is Tom, what's his Tomlin saying? Is he saying that he's... A, too big for towel twirling or is it like i don't twirl towels because i'm the uh, like i'm the reason you're twirling the towel you know i don't know what's why well, is he twirling well i mean one i i i don't know if it's I, I, I mean, I haven't been to a playoff game at uh, uh, PPG Paint since uh, game five of the 2017 final against the Preds. But like what they did, there wasn't a thing like, oh, wave towel on goal. It's stand up. It's more surprising to me he didn't raise his hands versus he didn't wave the towel. But the most important thing to get that visual effect of part of what makes playoff goals at home so amazing is everyone standing up. So he did contribute to that. And again, I think the real, the real key here to talk Tomlin's insight isn't that he didn't wave his hands. He didn't wave the towel. It's that he fist bumped the people around him. Okay. What a memory that's going to be. You fist bumped oh, wow. Tomlin yeah. on, your, on the goal that, you know, uh, what an eruption that was when they were able to escape this game that they almost blew. I'd yeah. never wash my hand again, I don't think. <laughs> um, and the reason that I'm bringing this up is just because the attention that Tomlin got in this moment in this game this is Sidney Crosby is the Michael Jordan of the sport imagine <laughs> seeing Michael Jordan play in the playoffs and everyone wanted to talk about Mike Ditka was in the crowd you know this is or Spike Lee which happened a lot <laughs> well sure but to me it just shows that um you know he didn't and Tomlin didn't sit in the owner's boxes or the or the you know the celebrity boxes he was there on the ice front row on the blue line um and the attention that he got, it just shows how he's, I don't know, hes I feel like he's transcending the sport of football, even the Steelers, and just becoming like, I don't, you know, I don't know, like he's becoming a figure, he's becoming bigger than all that. Run no, for pre certainly. President it's, Tomlin, run for president. It's also interesting because those seats, they're very expensive, you get close to the ice, but if it's at the other end, you have no idea what's happening. I mean, yeah. having, I mean that's <laughs> what I was saying, I mean, that you could be like, well, they're, oh, they're over there, like, you know, act um. Oh, uh, um, all right. Let's put. Uh, we're, geez, we're always going long. Let's just put five minutes on the clock. Let's go straight to the speed round. Okay. Um. Oh yeah, yo. Let's start with 
Man, I don't even know. Let's just go to uh, let's go to at S City Nation four one two. This is Steel City Nation. Um, what game would you change the outcome if you could? It's got the ninety two uh, baseball NCL NCCS twenty nine NLCS twenty nine percent. The Sid Bream mm-hmm. game. Yes. 94 AFC Championship. That's against the Chargers. Latron means 8%. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl 30 against the Cowboys, 28%. Super Bowl 45 against the Packers, 35%. Uh, I'm kind of surprised how uh, these results came out. I am too. I mean, the correct answer is, of course, Game 7 of the second round of the 1993 NHL playoffs. <laughs> Penguins and Islanders, David Volek. That's the correct answer. Um, but, I mean, a, a, each of these is right. I I I would have that, and then I'd have the NL ninety two NLCS twenty nine percent, and then I mm, I'd have Super Bowl thirty over yeah. Super Bowl forty five, just because that team had already won twice, yeah. and frankly the Packers were better. I mean, it's the Steelers were a good team, and they very well could have won that game, but there was a better Packer team to have beat the Cowboys in Super Bowl thirty. Ooh. It wasn't just that that was a legendary team at the very end of its run, which the Cowboys were. That was also at a time a lot of people forget when there were like conversations about like, will the AFC win a Super Bowl again? Yeah, like yeah. the NFC had been so dominant for so long, and a large part of that was the Buffalo Bills, the ninety two NLCS. I don't know if that Pirates team would have beaten the Blue Jays. Maybe they would have. But the point is, after that game, the Pirates didn't win another thing for so, so long. And I think that's why I would have that ahead of the Steelers stuff. Because, you know, as much as the Steelers lost this game, they won again. I mean, they did. And the 94 AFC Championship game should be at 8%. Just because, you know, say they do get to that, man, I don't know how they beat Steve Young in that Niner team. I mean, they give them a game. That's real Blitzburg. But boy, that would have been a tough out. I'll add a fifth option from off the board here. Mm-hmm. And it's not as big as any of the Super Bowls or even up. It's uh, well, no, it is a playoff game. The the Tebow, the Tebow game. Yeah. Just because that defense was so special. I think that, you know, sure, we lost early in the playoffs. Who knows what would have happened? But I think that defense could have been special enough. To- right. And it was still there's there was still something left in those guys. I mean, it's and that's part of the reason I don't have the other AFC championship games on here. I mean, maybe if they beat Elway, they have a real good chance against that Favre team, but that's no guarantee. If they get past Brady and and well really bled so in two thousand and one, yeah. okay, you're dealing with, you know, the greatest show on turf, which they might have been able to beat with Cordell, but who knows what stuff is shaped the bus would have been in anyway. So it's I gave you all the reasons why I voted why I did. All right, we were all all regrets, all regrets. <laughs> Um, at SN Podcast, Steel Nation Podcast. Thank you for your time at Joe Hayden. The picture is Joe Hayden packing up his house, moving out of Pittsburgh. Mm. Uh, you know, even though this isn't, this doesn't mean, you know, no, never right. again. Um, it does seem like the cornerback room, though, might be filled. Is there room for a vet in there at all? I mean, you know, everything you read, there's always, you know, some like the sports writer will throw in at the end there and don't rule out signing Joe Hayden again. And I think uh, good. I mean, it's, you know, I, I it was something I've, I've been struck by just in the time that we've been doing this podcast is that like I, I, I'm not sure about Joe Hayden, the athlete. He's certainly been very good. But like you'd like to have people like Joe Hayden in your life, yeah. particularly in a professional capacity to have someone like Joe Hayden as a coworker, as a colleague. That's what you're looking for. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to bring him back just for that. Yeah, above the above the neck. He doesn't need mm. to. You know what? I, you know he can play in the dime package. I, you know I don't care. He can doesn't have to play at he's, all. It, it, that tackle against a Titans guy. I always remember yep. that. Like, and he still won us games this past season. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, let's go to the. We're, we're always running long, <laughs> uh, but I got to get the final final word here too. We'll go to at by Josh Carney. <laughs> 
Josh Carney. This is just so silly from Jerry Dulac once again, speculating that the Steelers forced a free agent into retirement. If Ben Roethlisberger wanted to still play, he'd have gone to a team that wanted him. This isn't the Paul Amalu situation. I mean, look, like I said last week, don't trust these local insiders. There, there, no, there is no such thing as the local insider. Uh, and I think this is proof. Jerry Dulac trying to say that, you know, there was friction between did he, he he said did he say the Roonies and Ben did he say Cole, he said, uh, I, I don't think, even remember I think someone was trying to say you know he didn't thank Colbert in his his speech so it was it was a Colbert Ben rift what you know what is this garbage well what happens I think you kind of see uh, you know uh, this game of telephone begins and it, it one comment can be taken another way and this and this and this and I'm sure there were awkward moments. Is how can there not be yeah. when a great retires? But and perhaps one of those got blown out of proportion. But um, yeah, I mean, and I also think part of this, the reason us react to this, is we're kind of sensitive and don't want the Paul Amalu thing to happen again. That was sad. He disappeared for years, except to like tweet that you should go see some new movie from Legendary Pictures every <laughs> every six months. That was sad. Like it, it just it just remarkable to me that after you know the more we learn about like look we were just saying about Colbert's interview with uh, Ramon Foster and just how individual these relationships are mm-hmm. that he's just that someone like Colbert or Tomlin is just kind of kind of you know disregard this relationship with QB1 Ben Roethlisberger uh, and then and then Dulac himself does he uh, clarify or provide context into the, you know nothing on Twitter radio silence on Twitter does he clear up in his own chat no you know so these insiders i'm just i you know i I can't give them my attention they don't they haven't earned it there you go there i go i mean no i mean there's nothing for you to add i mean it's it's i mean an insider trade literally trades on having insider information when they do not have that then you know i don't know that's why i listen to uh behind the steel curtain there you go because we don't have we don't have any insiders we have no insiders. we just rely on uh on the smell uh, test the spell uh, the smell vibes, test eyes, i don't I'm know what sure. intuition we rely on your tweets so there you uh, go. There so you keep go. them coming uh you can follow me on twitter i'm at kyle christ greg where are you on social media uh, twitter and instagram at greg benefit b as in boy e and e v as in victor ent keep listening to behind the steel curtain podcast mm-hmm. network even though we might just be telling you about these picks that we haven't seen the field over and over again i don't know ah, is there anything new to say ah all right We'll see you next week. Stay in school.